Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. There are so many places in Israel where we can look straight at our Jewish past, and one of them is the ancient road to Har Habayat. Right outside of the old city is the excavated Second Temple Road that leads from right outside ancient Jerusalem to the Temple Mount. And when you stand there in the Jerusalem air, you can just see our ancestors streaming along this road to the Beis Hamikdash with their goats for the Korban Pasach. Three times a year, Jews came from north, south, east, west, and they congregated at the Harabayat at the Temple Mount, and it was a great national mobilization. It was a moment that holds deep lessons for today, and it's a mobilization that actually begins in our Parsha bow. Sefer Breshid and the first chapters of Shmos are the story of the formation of our family and our people, and now here in the 12th chapter of Shmot, we reach a new pinnacle. At the start of the Chodesh Aviv, the spring month, God says to Moshe Aaron, HaChodesh Hazel Lochem Rosh Chadashim, Rishon Hu Lochem Lochadshe Shana. This month shall be for you a beginning of months, and it shall be the first of the months of the year. And this single mitzvah, in which we mark the first month of the year, sets off a sequence of mitzvot related to how we sanctify time. And this command of Rosh Chodesh comes smack in the middle of a story, namely the ten plagues. And then that story of the plagues, in turn, is intertwined with a series of commandments. We're to sanctify the new month, designate a Korban Pesach, make a great offering unto Hashem. And so we're at a point where our national story merges together with our national mission of mitzvot. The point is made in a very stark way at the end of our Parsha. The Torah describes how in a future t- time, your child will look at the Passover offering and ask, Mazot, what is this? The Amarte love, and you shall say unto him, Bechosek Yad Hotzianu Hashem in Mitzrayim, Avadim. With a strong hand, God took us out of Egypt from the house of bondage. And this question, like several others scattered in the Torah, becomes one of the foundations of the Haggadah. The children look at the avoda. they look at the mitzvot, the service, with all of the detailed mitzvot, and they wonder what it's all about. And the parent answers, this is our national story. Having a national story teaches us that we're part of something bigger than ourselves. When we look at the past year of our country's history with the virus, we reflect on a real crisis point, and it's a crisis that's taken lives and caused terrible economic damage and a great psychological toll. Is this trial a part of a greater story, something that binds us together and gives deeper meaning to our lives? The Jewish people began as individuals. It was just Avram and Sarah sitting around the campfire, and then it became a family and a tribe and a nation. And in our Parsha, we become that nation at a very specific moment. Immediately after the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh, Hashem said, Dabruel called Das Israel, speak unto the community of the Jewish people. 
They shall take for themselves, each man, a kid for their father's house. And the Torah goes on to say that if the house is too small, then share the korban with your neighbor. You're becoming a nation. This is the first time that you are called a kahal, a community. And in this moment, draw from the fact that you're part of a bayat, of a house, and that you have neighbors. And from there, you'll become part of Am Yisrael. And so leading up to the Korban Pesach, the Torah requires preparation, four days of preparation. And Rashi points out that during these four days, the Jewish people were commanded in two mitzvot, the blood of the Pesach offering and the blood of circumcision milah. And these two bloods are referenced by the Navi, the prophet Yechezkel, in several verses that the Haggadah made famous. The prophet describes Israel, that early state, comparing her to a newborn that's been cast upon a field. And referencing the blood of birth, Yechezkel says, I passed you, and I saw you wallowing in your bloods. And I said to you, in your blood you shall live. And I said unto you, in your blood you shall live. While blood can be a source of pain or death, here the blood is a symbol of life. When a woman gives birth, part of the new life is the blood. And metaphorically, the Jewish people came into being through mitzvot that entail blood, korban pasach, and circumcision. And those bloods brought us to a later maturation at the time of the Exodus. Now, blood is essential. It can be associated with death, but here it's associated with life. And we get the picture that even blood, sweat, and tears, so to speak, are a source of life. And indeed, that's what Yechezkel says, through your blood you shall live. Now, commenting on that passage, the Maharal of Prague points us towards a deeper meaning of the two bloods. The Maharal notes that the mitzvot of Pesach and Bris Mila come precisely as we're transitioning from being servants of Paro to being servants of God. And in that transition or that rebirth, we have two life-giving bloods that make us God's servants. And the two together form the picture. On the one hand, we have Mila circumcision, which is a sign in the flesh of being God's servants. On the other hand, Mila alone doesn't suffice. After all, it's only a sign. It's not an act of serving God. And so we need to have an action of avoda, And that is the Korban Pesach, the Passover offering. But the Korban Pesach, the Passover sacrifice, that too alone is not enough because it doesn't permanently mark and identify us. And so we have bris milah circumcision. And so there's two bloods. On the one hand, we need something that marks us and makes us identified as the servants of God. That's bris milah circumcision. And on the other hand, even if we're marked, we still need to have an act of action of serving God. And for that, we require the Korban Pesach. Our people need to be marked as God's servants, and we need to, we need to express that potential through actions of serving God. These insights from the Maharal help us to appreciate this moment of tr- national transition that comes in Parshat Bo. To leave Egypt, we start becoming God's servants even when we're still in Egypt, even when we're still enslaved. 
And in other words, what we need to have is this national movement, this mobilization to become a people that could leave slavery. And it entailed challenges. It involved blood. Our rabbis teach us that circumcision is also a national sign. The Talmud comments that although circumcision is in the male body, women too are connected to that. In fact, in the benching, the Birkat HaMazon, women recite the phrase, that you've sealed the covenant into our flesh. And the reason women recite it is because bris milah is not just a male thing, it's part of the Jewish people. It's, it's sort of like mikvah. Mikvah is not just a female mitzvah, it's part of the Jewish home and so part of the Jewish people. The Jewish people have mikvah and they have brit milah. And here, both bris milah and korban pesach are national efforts. And they turn out to be our first steps in becoming a people. And that's critical in understanding who we are. We are a nation, not just a bunch of spiritual individuals. Think about the four questions. Whenever we want to help a fellow Jew understand who they are as Jews, we bring them back to the national experience. That's what we do throughout the Haggadah. In each of the four questions, we remind the son, you are part of a greater national story. In modern times, our society is so large and people can feel isolated. We live in a land where there's economic bounty and so we each go out as individuals to find our share of the bounty. But it's harder in a modern age to feel that you're inextricably bound up with your neighbor. We read about life in past centuries, a couple hundred years ago, life in the frontier in America. We hear about neighbors gathering for life-giving matters, erecting cabins or clearing land to farm. Today, frankly, it's much easier to feel cut off from the neighbors around you. Interesting that studies indicate many leaders come from small towns. I think about my own son who grew up here in this small Jewish community of Kesser, Israel. He grew up feeling like he was needed for Minyan and for the community, for the shul. When my son went to a larger community in high school, he could not understand for the life of him why he wasn't considered an adult just because he was only 15 or 16 years old. When we think about the, the rising rates of depression, it may be that people feel more cut off or isolated. We live in a time when the nuclear family is fragile and vulnerable. And for the Jewish people, the nuclear family is the building block of society. That's exactly what we experienced every year during the Korban Pesach, starting right with our Parsha and Bo. Now, COVID-19 has been a national trial, no doubt. People growing up in this era will experience harmful impacts of COVID. But herein lies an opportunity because today our entire country is mobilizing in a national vaccination effort. Let's appreciate the, the magnitude of this moment. First, let's appreciate that halacha, Jewish law, strongly advocates for vaccination. Judaism prioritizes saving life, and our halachic tradition also follows medical consensus. When there is a debate, we follow the majority of physicians. In the case of the COVID vaccine, we don't just have any mere majority. The vast majority of experts have established the vaccine is extremely safe and will save countless lives. And so halacha obligates us to care for our own health and to protect others from harm and illness. 
there has been a long established consensus amongst medical experts that vaccines in general are an effective and responsible manner for protecting life. For over 200 years, vaccinations have been responsible for the dramatic reduction of many terrible diseases. In addition, the overwhelming consensus of the medical community is that the more recent COVID-19 vaccine is unusually effective. And this vaccine's acceleration has been achieved by marshalling unprecedented financial resources, creating multiple partnerships, removing virtual all, virtually all non-scientific bureaucratic hurdles. And these efforts have been successful beyond all expectations and have produced vaccines with an unusually high rate of effectiveness. Now, there can always be medical debates, but halacha teaches us that we follow rove rofim. We follow the majority opinion of doctors. Of course, when it comes to the COVID vaccine, the international community of medical experts overwhelmingly agrees that this is a life-saving matter. And, of course, there's also folks who cannot take the vaccine due to personal medical conditions, all the more reason it's incumbent upon those of us who can. And in truth, the vaccine is a miracle. But it's not merely a scientific miracle, but a, society, a societal miracle. Even in our fractured world, we've managed to get together to produce this vaccine. And now today, millions across the globe are mobilizing in this life-saving effort. The rollout's not perfect, and neither was the rollout of the polio vaccine in the 1950s. But in a similar va way, that vaccine not only eradicated a dangerous disease, it was a national movement that imprinted our national memory. We still have the images of kids getting the vaccine in schools. What a life-saving moment that was. And in our moment today, the vaccine mobilization is a great opportunity. The Torah teaches us that we need to get together as a nation in challenging efforts to become a people. And likewise, this is what our society needs today. There is fracture, but there are also opportunities for cooperation, especially on a local community level. Here in Oregon, there's an unprecedented cooperation, an effort between medical groups to turn our local convention center into a super hub of vaccines as our government shoots for 25,000 vaccines per day. Indeed, it's an effort where so many people are doing and will do their part, from the nurses and doctors to truck drivers delivering the vaccine and teachers who've sacrificed so much to our kids masking up for school. But there's also a story that we're going to draw strength from. Just like the Jewish people draw strength from the two bloods of Mila and Korban Pesach. To this day, we look back at that story. And today we're also living through a global story. It's a story that's challenged our world and has no doubt challenged you on a personal level. As we consider those challenges, remember the mitzvot that involve some pain do forge and create us, and they're part of our story. As the prophet taught us so long ago, and Hashem said unto you, Va'omer lach chayi, Hashem said unto you, in your blood you shall live, b'demayich chayi, through your blood you shall live.